right, we're doing this. This is episode 359 of No Laugh Track Podcast. My name is Justin Severson. I get to host this. Very thankful for that because it is Acme's podcast. We're here at Acme in Minneapolis. My guest today was here once before, earlier this year in June. Uh, but it wasn't solo. She had to share. Yeah. She had to share the attention with Tim Slagle. It was Crash and Burn Week. Sarah Schaefer is yes. here. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to be back. On the podcast, you mean? Uh, just the podcast. That's Speci- why I came. Specifically, yeah. right? Is that <laughs> I, was like, I will do it, but only if I get to be on the podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I need more time. I didn't yeah. get to say everything. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Welcome back. Here we are. You've got your your headlining week. You don't get to share. You don't have to share. No, it's all me. It's not. Pressure's on me now. It's well. Well, let's talk on, about let's talk about Crash and Burn. Yeah. From uh, so now that it's over, yeah. it was back in June. For people, for if people listening to this podcast have to know what Crash and Burn is. If, uh, if, you, if don't, you don't, what is? Qu- pay attention. I, I mean, we've talked about it. Eight. There's been eight shows dedicated for it, or something like that. Over yeah. the seven or eight. In any case, so Sarah was one yeah. of the four comics who had to try brand new material that week mm-hmm. that you'd never done before. Yeah. How did it go? It was great. It was so fun. Um, I did get a lot of new material out of it. Really? Um, Anything people will hear this week? Yeah. Um, awesome. There's a main joke now. It's about like you know um, this meditation app that I've been using. Yes, Sleepcast. I remember yeah. that. And it's funny because it doesn't work as well in LA. No shit. Um, I think people are maybe in LA like they're a little h- ahead of the curve on meditation. <laughs> And so they're like, so, uh, like, you know, why are you making fun of meditating? You know, and I'm not. The joke is about something else. Like, if you if you come see me this week, you'll you'll hear it. Um, if it's anything close to what I heard back in June, it's like, not really making fun of meditation. It's, yeah. and it's making fun of me not being able to do it yeah. properly. And you know, oh, it's funny. So, so um, funny. it, I don't know. L.A. crowds are just a little harder. Anyway, yeah. I mean, they're they're fun, but like they, you know, they're. I don't know. They're more like it, a lot of people in the audience are entertainment business type people. And so they're coming at it with a different set of expectations sure. or they're analyzing what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas when you go out into the, you know, um, into the wilds of America, mm-hmm. it's more us real folks here. Yeah. The Minnesota. real folk. Um, it's more people like I came, I came here to laugh. I came here to laugh and it depends on the city, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll be doing some of that stuff and some new material that, I couldn't do at Crash and Burn. Right. And Tim was so strict. I had emailed him the week before. And I was like, I said something like at a show once like a week ago, but it wasn't really a show, like a big show. And it was just uh-huh. off the cuff. And he's like, no, you can't do it. And I was like, oh, oh, it made me a little scared. That's good. That was um, good of you to check. You know, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't I, have you been know, kind I'm of a rule follower. So yeah, that's good. Um, one of those jokes that was brand new at that time is now one of my favorite jokes in my act. So I'll be doing that. And I'm doing some older material, too. And But it's fun. Like, I've been doing the same. I had been doing the same hour, essentially, for almost two years. Okay. Because I had a run at Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and then I was, you know, I was on the road a lot, and mm-hmm. I was doing basically the same set of jokes for a really long time. And then I recorded my half hour special yep. earlier this year in January, and so I'm like ready for new stuff, but I'm not quite to a new hour yet. So I'm mixing in this stuff, and it's actually like fun because I'm like, say, it's oh, these, be fun. these jokes actually go well together, and I wish I hadn't burned it on the half hour because this goes better with this now, and. Yeah. So I'm kind of in a, you'll see that like if you come see me, I'm doing, um, there's no real cohesive theme right now to what I'm doing on stage, 
which is fine. It's still me. You know, it's me is the theme. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, my voice. But um, it's a fun place to be because I'm, I'm very relaxed. Do you have you uh, normally had a rule about burning material like doing it like if it's recorded then it's done no no especially live you know live it's it's i do what i feel like doing it's when i'm i sometimes by the time what what happens is by the time i record it for an album or a special i'm so tired of it by that point that that's the point i stop doing it live because i don't need to practice it anymore and so i'm done with it um but it's funny how now there's jokes, really old jokes, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could bring that back and like tweak it, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> just in live settings, you know, when I want to hit a certain audience with certain types of material. Um, but yeah, recently I've uh, been going, I've had guests on that have been doing comedy, you know, twenty summer have been doing it twenty five thirty years, mm-hmm. so they have these old um, on Amazon Prime is A and E's live from oh, the Oh wow, that's old. Yeah, yeah. So I've been going back and like bringing up like, do you remember doing a like joke about this? And yeah, you know, just Tom Rhodes. We actually did the, that part of the conversation. <laughs> after we were done recording no. last week which I was a Damn huge it. mistake yeah. we should have had it on yeah. but him like uh, I was just like giving him a couple lines and him like trying to recite these jokes from yeah. 30 years ago it was crazy yeah it, it's amazing how it sticks in your head where you can do it yeah. like I last night I haven't headlined in a while oh okay I was gonna so ask you about I was that. a little rusty like doing a full hour okay. so I was up here kind of like like I went over all my jokes yesterday and you know was prepped but it's still different than doing it and sure. so I was up here like wait what's the what is the part but it's funny how it just comes right back in it's usually if if I practice the beginning of the joke like the first line okay now my brain accesses the rest of it yeah. I would love like my therapist always talks about wanting to study a comedian's brain like what's 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 oh. happening when we're on stage? Hasn't someone done that? No. Really? I mean, think about it. Like, how would you... Like, she wants to hook up stuff to, like, the head. Like, oh. it would be a very... It would be hilarious. Because the, the comedian would play with it. And they'd be like, oh, they're studying me right now. Like, on stage? Yeah, I think it would be awesome. That would be totally awesome. I should awesome. really spearhead this. I should do a fundraiser. <laughs> yes. Because she was talking about how... I was explaining to her, like, what happens when you're performing... And she was like, God, you're using so many different parts of your brain simultaneously. Yeah. So, like, you're accessing memory. You're um, in your environment in the present, reacting to stimuli in the present. So, like, the reaction of the audience, noises, um, you know, you're performing. You're you're doing so much at once that I think I really – it's similar. Like they, they've studied people who play piano, and it's using left and right brain at the same time. Okay. And I'm absolutely positive that a comedian is using both of those. Oh, absolutely. You know, it has to be, you know, you're physically, you're doing something physical. You're, it, it I mean, not to so, brag, but like, we're fucking killing it. It would be so <laughs> interesting, especially comparing yeah. like you with other, uh, you know. Com- oh, other, yeah. Different other comedians other using different. Women, yeah. other men. Yeah. People with different styles. Yeah. Like what's going on? Like, like um, you know, different parts of the brain light up and yes. stuff like that. They can tell like, you know, and um. I've always thought that, um, like, because it was this came up because I was describing to her my experience filming my half hour, okay. which airs on November twenty second mm-hmm. on Comedy Central. Please yeah. watch it. Yeah, um, and I'm very proud of how it came out. But like, the experience itself was really interesting and challenging, and like things went wrong, and like, you know, and it was all 
was great. You won't even know. Okay. And that's what I love. I When I watched it back, I'm like, this is incredible. Like, what was happening in my head versus what is being presented is crazy. You no know, kidding. that you're okay. able to overcome, like, you know, things in, your, in the environment that sort of screw with it. And then you're still able to do your stuff. But that's what, I've been doing this um, brain app recently, like a Lumosity, or it's, it's brain exercises. And... Um, I was shocked to find out, like, I didn't know. It, like, tells you where you're at, like, with other people that are using the app, like, your percentile. And I'm not going to brag. I'm, like, doing real well. Compared to <laughs> Like, people... to other people who are using the app, you're in the 95th percentile for this, or, you know. And it's all these different strengths, like, flexibility, attention, memory. Um, I think math is one of them. Math is my worst one. Okay. Um, but... And I like avoid the math games in general because I'm like, I don't want to do fucking math like, you know, but <laughs> I should because I think it's good for your brain. But I was I didn't know what I would fall in. And my memory and attention are the highest. Like I'm I'm like in the 99th percentile, like memory and, wow. and attention span, Wow, which I did not think that that was what it was going to be. But it made sense when I started thinking. About it. I was like, well, for my job, I have to memorize things sometimes very quickly, like from one show to the next. I'm like. Oh, you did that joke. Remember that. Bring that back in. Or, you know, and attention is something I've worked a lot on in comedy and being able to uh, focus on what I'm doing and not be derailed by like the slightest little noise, like a siren going by or whatever. Uh So um, I was like, it was just a really interesting to to see those results come back and be like, oh, I, I, I guess I am. But it's funny because the app also tells you like what job you would be good at. Oh, my goodness. And? Like, research and development. Hmm. Like, I don't know, even know what that means, because I don't know what that career is. Yeah, I'm like, that was my, hmm, <laughs> Yeah, okay. I was like, what? I don't even know what her research and development. <laughs> I was Congrats? Like, oh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was like, okay. Sorry? Um, <laughs> you know, some of it is, I mean, I'm sure a lot of this app is, like, total hogwash, but it's just, and it's using, you know, you're not being forced to diversify you you know it'll give you like a you know um each day it'll be like your workout and it'll give you different games that um challenge different parts of your brain oh yeah but you can also just play what games you like to play and so i tend to go to certain the games. ones you're good at yeah well and it's not the ones that like really get my get me tingling like i'm like ooh, i felt like i worked out so have you got your boyfriend to do it so you can compare it to him no i told him i was like i want to see you because he's very good at video games so, and he actually, he wouldn't say he's very good at video games, like compared to people who are really serious about it, but he plays a lot of video games and he's, he can pick up a new one and just immediately know what mm-hmm. to do. And I was like, I'm, I'd be interested to see like on some of the ones that I'm really good at, like, could you even yeah. go toe to toe? Yeah. Like, cause I don't play video games anymore. Like, you know, once that we got past Super Nintendo, <laughs> I stopped like, and so any new, new buttons, it's too overwhelming. Yeah, there are quite a few. And so I've always he's always like, Come on, play and I'm like, I'm not gonna play. So I'll watch him play certain games. But last Thanksgiving, um, his he had some family in town and I had always told him the one game that I was always so good and I like Tetris type games, but I was like the one game I was always really good at was Doctor Mario. Oh yeah. Haven't played it in thirty years. No like literally thirty years. And he got all the old Nintendo games loaded up. And he's like, Sarah, we're going to play Dr. Mario. And I like had just enough, like, two beers or something. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> so 
So I get, and he has the old controllers. Yeah. So nice. I knew how to play it. So I play it, and I am out the gate destroying everyone. Like I, no one can beat me. And Scott was losing his mind. He was like, "This is so unfair." I was like, Wait "I just came out the gate." Have you been practicing on your no, phone with right. like uh, none. What's it, fruit game? Never. None. And and this was before I got the Lumosity app. Like I never play games on my phone. Never. Yeah. I'm just not a video game person or a phone game or anything. And I just out the gate was smoking everyone. <laughs> and they were like so mad. I mean, Scott couldn't, he couldn't handle it. He was like, I can't believe after all this time you just pick up a, you know, you say you can't, yo, I'm not good. And it was like, I, it was like I was tricking everyone. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh huh. <laughs> what is that scam? Like the pool scam? Right. The, the slow play. Like the, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's get the sucker in here. She will take all of her money playing, uh, you know, yeah. poker. And, and then, then at the end, you leave with yeah. everybody's dough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I won the I won the championship of that. No one could beat me. He like beat me once. He like he's like <laughs> it was really funny. He's like two out of three, and I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> Ridiculous. Over and over. I wonder. Uh, is there any chance that app, like the positivity, gives back to you is based on how much you uh, did? You have to pay for that app. Yeah, you pay for it. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it could be lying to me and being like, "You're really smart." And like, I'm like, if I went toe to toe with someone else, it would like totally be. Try destroyed. the free version. Am I, yeah. Am I <laughs> but I find it meditative. Like I, you know, where when I play, I play it at night, and it tur- it it's it's games that require your total focus, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I stop thinking. Which is my big problem at night. I'm thinking too much about the day or, yeah. or my whole life, you know? And so it helps me turn. And I play until I am una- almost unable to keep my eyes open. And then I put it down and I go to right to sleep. Can I tell you the brain game that I did last night? Yeah. I uh, couldn't find, I was trying to log into my Kohl's account to buy <laughs> one of my daughters some socks. Yeah. And for some reason, it wasn't letting me log in, even though the day before I'd been logged in. So I went on my phone. I have an app that uh, keeps all my passwords mm-hmm. safe yeah. and secure. I should do that. And uh, I know, anyway, I had to go. That wasn't working. I had to go and try to, like, uh, the point is, it sent me one of those six digit oh, uh, access yeah, codes yeah. or whatever. So memorizing that access code for three seconds yeah. from that email there to enter it into the website. It's a nice little. Doop, 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 doop. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I actually thought to myself, Boy, if I can't remember three sets of two digits, which is how I break them up, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost positive that if they studied it, that what I'm doing is not healthy. Like, (laughs) you know, you're not supposed to look at a screen at night, you know, shit like that. Like, yeah. But at the same time, given my other options at night, which is look at social media, which is a disaster and should never, I should never be looking at social media right before I go to bed. I assume you'll learn that the hard way. It's a horrible, you know, you'll see something that triggers you and then you're up all night Mm -hmm. going, their friends, those two people are friends that I thought were, I thought she was loyal to me and now they're friends. You know, just dumb shit like that that like sets you off into why wasn't I invited to the party? You know, just stuff like that. It's like, why am I spending one second of my energy worrying about this? Have you, I just had this happen the other day. I don't remember what it was. Something, something popped uh, a, someone's face into my head and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I haven't. We were friends on Facebook. I haven't been seeing messages from them. Uh, then I went in and looked. Unfriended. Add friend. I'm like, what the? Uh huh. This wasn't on my side. Yeah, it, it's stuff like that where you open up a Pandora's box of hell. I found two in the last like six yeah. months. And I'm like, what the fuck? And that's what social what media am I does. To, what did I do? Yeah. What did I do? Did I? What am I? 
I'm like going through a million yeah, things. Like, why not, do I even care? I wasn't right. even really friends with this person. And it's sometimes not personal. Sometimes it's that, you know, they just deleted or, and then reactivated their, you know, it, it could be a million reasons yeah. or accidental, like, you know. I'm looking through the people they're still friends with. I'm like, but I'm still yeah. mutual oh, yeah. friends You're doing with them. Whole... We went to high school together. Right. What What did I? Yeah, what? 100%. I we unfollowed, dated. Yeah. Like, what? This summer, I unfollowed a comedian on Twitter. A comedian on Twitter at in a in a in an emotional state because they were doing something that really bugs me, and it, and I unfollowed them, and then I like tweeted a subtweet like officially unfollowing anyone who does this, and then I I guess they saw me and realized I had done it, so they unfollowed me back. Oh, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I I didn't even realize that person cared about what I thought or noticed, you know, and then. The passive to, aggressiveness was going all yeah, around. Yeah, it was so dumb. Yeah. I don't, and I was just like, why did I do that? You know, I should have just like muted. Like, who cares? And then I, um, like months later, saw him at a show, and we were perfectly nice to each other. That's you good. know, so I was like, okay, it's not personal. It's just social media is truly a separate. And ent- I used to be like, social media is real life. It's good, mainly because I wanted to emphasize that if you say something cruel to someone online. It's the same as saying it to their face, that it hurts. It's not like it doesn't have an effect. Yeah. You know, I used to say that. Now I'm like, no, it is a separate world. And it isn't, the stakes are not the same as they are in real life. And when you have a conversation with someone in real life, you have humanity between you. Yeah. Whereas on social media, that is now, and and that's what I was complaining about, actually. Oh, okay. Was social media forces us in or it just sort of does because it rewards this behavior that's part of why it does it into making very inflammatory black and white decrees yes this is what social media is sort of i don't i I wish they would study this but like that if you say if you go on social media and you go if you say the word dingle dong you are not allowed in the group Mm -hmm. this is an example like you know if you say this, you're not in the group. And that could be you're not a real comedian. You are racist. You are, you know, it's it's an equation that people will set up on social media. Oh, yeah. If you do this, you're one of the bad ones. And that type of talk is so destructive. It's because it's not, it's never black and white. Uh-uh. And people live in these in-between worlds. And so it becomes all these purity tests. Like, I see this happening within each group online. Like, it, it could be political it could be like amongst the left, you know. Purity test. I like that. If you're this, then you, you know, if you support this, that means you're a neo-liberal. Like these terms, that it's just like, it, and it's like half of y'all don't even know what these terms really mean. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, or if you don't support this person, you're not, a, you know, you're not Wake a real up. musician, you know, or whatever the, the group is that's trying to, cre- you know, it's it's social dynamics and scapegoating and all this stuff. And it's like, I'm just done with it. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I'm, I've stopped commenting on comedy. Comedy is something I really care about. And it was I would get in arguments about it online. Yes. And I just stopped. This summer, I stopped. I was like, no more. It's and there's been a lot of great stuff to comment on. It's been very difficult. It's like quitting smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Like, been... I have to say, I listened to you on a podcast that must have been recorded in this spring. And the host said something to you about that, about how he has known that about you for years, yeah. that you yeah. comment on things and yeah. giving out advice and having opinion on things in yeah. comedy someone at a show around this time this summer because i got into a big fight with a bunch of comedians online and <laughs> <laughs> he was like a, a friend of mine i saw him at a show that week and he goes 
oh, you're gonna. Did you see what happened with so and so? Was this other d- drama starting online over something? And and I went, oh no, what? And he goes, and oh, I said, oh yeah, I saw it. And he goes, oh, why, where's one of your famous Sarah Schaefer threads? And I went, oh, uh, I don't want to be known for that. That's uh-huh. just ridiculous. Like, and that's your frontward. That's your fate outward facing self online and people just think that's all you are yeah and of course it's not all i am it's not what nobody is all they are on on social media so i just stopped and it's been really good for my mental health that's good but it's sometimes i just want to say it i want to be like you know what (laughs) here's my opinion and because i get harassed too much it's too and and you get comments like that and it's just too much and to try to spend a little less time on Facebook specifically for me, mm-hmm. I moved it to the second page on mm-hmm. my phone, so yeah. it's not right on the home yeah. page yeah. when I open it up. Uh, it's maybe affected it a little bit, but I'm still yeah. going on there. Yeah, I still follow. Like when things blow up, like whatever, you know, the, the guy getting fired from SNL, and there was a, what's that? No, I'm oh God, I was like, no, don't make me explain it. Um, I'm kidding. No, no, no. And that's the Move thing. On. I'll comment on it on a podcast or whatever, and I I know. You know, and because because of that, because I haven't reacted on online, what it allows me is to take more time to figure out how I feel about it. Yeah. So then, if someone does ask me, I have a more nuanced response that's not going to get me in trouble. Yeah. I mean, there's always anybody. been a thing of people. I'm going to be the first. To oh vote. yeah, because that gives you more. If you're the first to make an observation, you get the retweets and the faves. And we are in a business where more followers and more faves and more exposure literally brings more money into your pocket. Mm -hmm. And so the system is set up to reward inflammatory, black and white, um, angry debates. Hatred is reward. I mean, hatred is such a – people mean it – You know, I mean it as like hateful speech or angry speech or outrage speech. Mm -hmm. And it's from all sides. It's not one side, you know. Right. Um, and that's part of this whole cancel culture triggered conversation is just like so have, much of that exists online. You and, have the track on your on your album. Yeah, I talk about it. And that's the thing. People think I, I get sold all the time online. Oh, you're you're someone who hates free speech. And you you are on that. You know, you're one of these feminist woke scold is the term woke scold. Oh, uh, and. and you know, you don't want comedy to exist. And it's just like, I am a comedian. Yeah. Now, you don't, maybe I'm not in your corral of comedians that you like, but I make a living doing this. And I'm talented and I'm hardworking and I've actually achieved a lot in my career. Yeah. So, no, I actually am pro free speech and I am, I'm anti outrage when it's just useless Mm -hmm. i think you there is useful outrage which is when we are fighting against injustice um criminal behavior um amongst our own or whatever or you know um like real systematic problems that are hurting people like outrage is very useful but when it's not useful is when i'm on there you know or someone's on there just like harassing someone to the point where you're, what are you trying to do? Get them to kill. You really are trying when you're, some people literally want you to kill yourself. They're mm-hmm. saying kill yourself. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's just like, what, what sort of misery are you in? And there's some group dynamic too, which is there's an identity that forms amongst people who feel there's some scuffle going on yeah. in the theater. People are running behind us. I don't know what's They're going like, on. Everyone's gone. We go out. The end of the world has happened. We're like, everyone's dead. We survived because we were doing a Where podcast were you? about comedy. 
Um, no, but like the group dynamic of like, I have noticed that there's a sort of group identity that forms that, um, uh, okay, let's say you're a comedy fan, but you're a fan of a certain, you're like a hardcore fan of one group or one podcast, you know, and you find, and you're part of the message boards and the conversation and you have, whether you realize it or not, you've now sort of getting a little bit of your self-worth and identity for belonging to this fandom. Yes. And this goes for girls who love One Direction to guys who love, you know, certain, you know, like Joe Rogan or like, you know, there's these groups. And if you're part of what I call a fandom, or not, I don't call it that. Everyone calls it. If you're part of a fandom, you can be caught up in a group identity and you're getting, um, you feel like you belong and you're part of something and that when the fandom or the thing that you are a fan of is under attack, quote unquote, under attack, yeah. you now mobilize as a group to protect, mm-hmm. you know, to protect the identity, to protect the group dynamic. And, I got your back, bro. And sometimes it works really well when the leader of the fandom plays victim a little bit. Um, because now they've mobilized, you know, and I say play victim like we're under attack. Mm-hmm. They want us to go away. They don't like what we're doing. Yeah. But we get it, fam. Yeah. You know, we're we're part of it. We get it. You know, and I, you guys are my special fans. And uh-huh. It's this sort of symbiotic relationship. And so then outrage is actually currency for some of these people where they go. They say something intentionally inflammatory. And I, I've noticed it work on a very small level for me. So I know that people who are super fam- feminist or like woke, like they like some of the things I say, mm-hmm. little jabs I'll make or, you know, proclamations. This is in the past. And I'll get a lot of followers. And, you know, I don't have like a fandom around me, but I have people that like what I do. Yeah. And they'll elevate it and it gets a lot of likes. I get new followers. It's very exciting. Um, but I realized the more inflammatory and the more angry I sound, the bigger it gets. And so I have an incentive now to be that way. Yeah. And so I understand how certain leaders, of, certain comedians with podcasts who like cancel culture, trigger, you know, if they're triggered, I can't say anything. And they're sort of like, help me, I'm a victim. And it it's sort of, or they'll bring up something that they find in, like is an injustice um, or they'll say something intentionally racist or or like make a sort of off-color joke knowing it's going to piss people off hoping it will cause outrage because it proves their point and it's just like this vicious cycle and i just i had to opt out of it because i was realized i was being a part of it Mm -hmm. i was helping this cycle and i just was like you know what if you want to know my opinion about these comedy debates you have to know me It's a privilege to know what I think about it or invite me on a podcast where we can have a more nuanced conversation. And podcasters are dangerous, too, because you can take it out of context, as we see Mm -hmm. happening. And that's going to be out there forever. Um, But at least it allows me time to come to it knowing what I feel about it. And there's been times where I've been asked and I've been like, I'm oh, I'm good with it all. Whatever. (laughs) You know, I'll make some sort of like. Like, just very diplomatic response right. if I don't want to get into it and right, speak right, right. out of school or whatever, you know, so. You, in uh, the the track on your album is called Social Media, right? Yeah. Do I have that right? Yeah. And you, and one of the things you say in there is like, 
you know, it could be anything. People yeah. can, you can say the most, you know, you can say anything and people will be yeah. like, no, you're, you're an idiot for thinking that. No, yeah, you're that's wrong. wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. I had one. I don't, I've, um, the other day, Howard Stern had two of the guys from the Black Crows on. Mm-hmm. They're doing, they're going to do a tour. A Black Crow Wait, bring Crows them back. reunion, right? I love it. So I saw that clip on some site, and uh, I copied and pasted that link onto my Facebook page because I was like, hey, this is kind of cool news. Mm-hmm. The Black Crows are going to tour again. And it got some likes and whatnot, um, a couple comments like, cool, great. And then one guy, two out of five people's not a reunion. Oh, jeez. You know, there's a... What do you want me right. to... What do you want anybody to say to that? I just don't understand any... Ever correcting anyone online. It, you know, there's been a couple times where I've like, you know, where I see, oh, my friend is posting something that's a hoax. You know, kind of send them a message be like, or, you know, what I found, though, is that usually someone else Beat will tell them. It. Yeah. And so I just generally don't correct people online. I find it very irritating when people correct. I mean, especially grammar and stuff like, like that. That's a semantics thing. Yeah. It's like technically, actually. And it's just like. You sound like you are horrible to be around. And maybe you're not like that in person, but online, you're coming off like a total fucking pill. You know, right. just just like when someone correct, it's like, did you think this was a good way to make friends? Or like to, and if that's what makes you feel powerful in the moment, just that little bit of power you have yeah. over someone, because so much of it is power dynamics. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I know something that you don't. Right. I know the difference between effect and effect. You know, like it's like, oh, how small are you? How small do you feel that that gives you a sense of superiority? <laughs> they got to tell me the difference cuz I'm still not hmm. sure. But uh, I always have to google it. And <laughs> right? I, I I think I'm like great with grammar, but I'm you're not. I, I think I stumbled upon a Twitter account the other day that was a um I think its only purpose was to correct people between their the different <laughs> the different theirs. And I'm like, you know what? I like this. Is it's this actually th- funny. Yeah. You and like your and your your and your. Yep, yep, your, yeah, your, your. Like that one is funny because it's almost always something employed by idiots online. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not funny. That's mm-hmm. a big one. Or it's just like, right. well, you can't you know, and, and th- there's there's sort of trends that happen on Twitter. Where I'm like, okay, we've made that joke. We've pointed that out. And now let's move on. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about like debating are women funny online. Like I've already had this argument. I've already done it. I've talked written essays about it. I've said everything I'm gonna say. I'm done with it. Yeah. And because the temptation is again, once it get it's cyclical. I wanna get pulled back into it. And I find that with like and it's a it's a touchy subject, but like Louis C. K. I find that now I'm tired of it. I'm tired of talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I have his name, all the various spellings. <laughs> every every week, I'm like, oh, I didn't mute. I have his name muted. I just don't want to. I I don't care. I have my feelings about it. I've said them. Yeah. I I've moved on, and it's a and it's actually online. It's very hard to like even explain how I feel about it. I bet. But because people just get into these arguments, and it's just I can't do it anymore. It's like we're. Every time he performs, we now have to have the conversation again. It's like, I'm done. And I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't yeah. want to think about his, his dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's <clears throat> like, he's going to go and do what he's going to do. And people who like him can can go see. It. It's like, but why do you need my opinion on it? Yeah. And people will go, well, we didn't ask for it. But actually, I do get asked. You know, it's like, because yeah. if once you've said, said it once, now you're the... Hi, Sarah. I'm from what I do. Would you care commenting? No, <laughs> I don't want to comment. 
on it. But just pull up all my old podcasts and just copy something yeah. off of that. Yeah, know. exactly. I uh, let's talk about you. You brought it up briefly. I went on, so I don't have. I don't have Comedy Central at my house, mm-hmm, so I neither ha- do I. So I shouldn't I, say that. So I have to. <laughs> so I occasionally use someone else's account mm-hmm, yeah, just, just to. We need to. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get there's two different channels. Actually, you have connections to both of them. Mm-hmm. MTV mm-hmm. and Comedy Central yeah. are the two channels that my wife and I watch uh, together. That I have to pull up someone else's account to yeah. watch stuff. So I went on there last night and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to watch her new half hour before I talk to her tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's not, like, out. it's not out yet. It's not out yet. I'm I know. A, I was like, what, I'm a ah, week early? I know. And I was like, God, it would have been better to go into the Acme weekend with it already being out to help promote it. But and they wouldn't even give me little clips yet because okay. they space out the promotion because there's so many different comedians that do it. Yeah. So I don't even have a clip of it out yet online. There's just a trailer where you see me for a brief second okay. in it. But no, like literally Monday, there will be like some teaser clips of some jokes and um, days from now. <laughs> yeah, but I'm really happy with how it turned out. How did I, you? So you, but they sent you. You've seen the final. Cut? Yeah, I saw the final cut. Um, you know, I saw an earlier cut, and then I watched the, some of the final. I actually didn't watch the entire final. I just watched a little bit of it and was like, oh, "This is great." You know, it looks great. I how long did great. you perform? <laughs> um, I went for like 35, 38 minutes, I think, okay. and then, if that, and then um, they cut it down to like 22, yeah. and the cuts were great. Like, I was really nervous, because I was like, I don't even know if I can watch it, because I'll be so mad if they cut anything incorrectly, Okay, because I did a set one time on a show, and they cut what I felt, like, they never showed it to me, so, and it was a short set, so it didn't matter, but like, I felt that the punchline had been like fucked up like the joke itself had been fucked up that's not good and um it was my first time doing stand-up on tv so i was like really really excited and then i watched it and i was like devastated i freaked the fuck out Ah. like i was like hey it's awful and it was fine and like little memes of the jokes went viral and like it was fine i just had never been through it before and i didn't know that it would be like that so this time i was expecting it to just be a nightmare just like cutting me off and weird cuts and edits and but it really wasn't it was like perfect i was like i have no notes i truly have like this is so good that's awesome um but yeah there's um yeah the experience was really great and like they made it really fun it was in new orleans and yeah. yeah they all do them they do them all in new orleans right yeah now they do they used to do them in boston and i had been to a few of those to see other people's okay. and it's more fun in new orleans for sure yeah i bet <laughs> uh dulce sloan was on the podcast a few yeah. months ago and she was she had some crazy story about the behind the scenes of leading because she's on this season too. Yes, she is. Yeah, were you there at the same time? Um, we were there briefly. We overlapped. Like, like you know, they they put you up for two nights, but it's like a four or five night ordeal. Okay. So, uh, I wasn't there for all of it. But um, yeah, um, I I am reluctant to say this just because I don't want Comedy Central to if they are. I know that they're listening. Um, <laughs> Somebody, yeah, you don't right. see Kent the Alterman is is, is 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 this is his favorite podcast but, behind um, the pillar. Yeah, um, Kent Alterman is the president of Comedy Central. Although I think he's leaving. It's been announced. Um, anyway, inside information <laughs> for our nerds out there. Um, yeah. Google it. But um, I again, what I just said is truly what I feel. Like I thought it turned out great. I had an, a really fun time doing it. Uh-huh. I'm really proud of it. But there was one little snafu, nothing to do with Comedy Central. I got heckled in the middle of my set. And I was just like, really? 
<laughs> and I, and it, it, at first it was just some talking and I thought, oh, someone's just getting settled. You know, they're not, you know, there's, there's a seating situation. You know, because whenever you start a set, there's usually some kind of scuffle going on. Yeah. With people not not fully engaged yet. So I thought that's what it was. But then I realized, like, so, oh, no, someone's, like, talking at me. And I get to this one line in my joke, and she add this woman adds, like, a tag no, to it. Her no, own no, no, tag. No, 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 She screams it out from, like, a balcony. <laughs> you know, she's like, and I just went, I stopped, and I just look at her, and I just went, are you really going to do this right now? And I was like, we're doing a taping of a special here. You that know? they all know, right? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, all they know. There's cameras. Yeah, yeah. No, they know. They right? know. And I'm like, we're doing a taping here. And I went, don't help. And I said, and I kept it very short. I was don't, like, don't do your I version said, of help. Don't, don't yell out. I said, unless you're spoken to. And I said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and that got a laugh. But it was like tense. Like people were like, Sarah. Because I like was like clearly just pointedly like firm you know like yeah. shut the fuck up and then i was like oh it's awkward and so my little you know all the things going on in your brain i was like go because when i got out there there was another thing it, we had done sound tests and everything and everyone and i've been on tv i've done live tv i mean i'm like so none of this is i'm pretty in control yeah but there was some little weird sound i'm very sensitive to sounds and stuff and like there was it was maybe because now there was the room was full it just sounded a little different. There was, and I was like, "Is it hissing? What's going on? I don't like the feed." I, you know, but I was like, "You know what?" Because I knew I could stop if there was anything wrong. I could be like, "Hey, can we go back?" And I knew I could do that. Okay. But I was like, "You know what? I'm fine." And so I'm doing. I'm, this is while I'm telling jokes, like right out the start. I'm like, all those different parts of the brain. And I'm like, ah, is this crowd a good crowd? You know, like a lot of things are happening. And I'm like, you know what? Save it because you don't know what's going to happen during the set. Don't don't stop. Just yeah. keep going and pretend you're killing no matter – because that was some advice I had gotten was like, no matter what happens, pretend you're killing. Oh, that's good. Because on TV, it's going to look like you're killing. Yeah, yeah. And so just don't worry about it. And, uh, and it's a different setting than a regular stand-up show. You don't have to react to your environment the way you do normally. Sure. You got to be more strict in your what you're doing. And so I was like, save it. And then I got heckled and I was like, I'm glad I didn't do anything, you know uh, – out of because this was my chance to stop the show and i was like shut the fuck up and then i was like "Ooh, it's tense in here so i made a joke about her you know oh she's one of the and i'm related to the joke i was telling okay and then it got a huge laugh and then i went now i have to go back because we're taping this (laughs) and i need to go back a little so everybody you know and i just kind of fixed it and moved on and no one ever talked but apparently in the next show which was the same audience so another comic i was first on the bill okay they do two at once for one audience. So but like only one show for each performer. Well, so let's say no, it's it's t- one audience for two performers. So like two oh, okay. two okay. performances per show. Gotcha. Okay. And then, you know, so the second comic came out and he got heckled by a different oh, person. Okay. Different and he person. was like, Really? After what Sarah said? You know, he like scolded the audience. <laughs> but Again, like they came out great. Like his was already aired and it was perfect. And like, you know, so this is all just behind the scenes stuff that like no one at home would ever know. But I can see it. When you watch the special, there's a moment where I, it's when I'm doing it, I'll just say it's a joke about inspirational quotes. One of my favorites. Yep. On rustic pieces of driftwood. And there's a moment where I look, you can see the rage in my face. I look up 
And I can't remember the exact moment, but I look up and it's right when I'm about to be like, shut the fuck up <laughs> to this woman. Because you can't hear her. She's right. not mic'd, you right, know. Right, right. And so it's just a quick moment where I look up and it cuts to, and it was seamless. You you would never know. But I was, when I watched it back, I was like, that's it. I was like, I, and I can see how mad I am. I just, it's just the slightest thing, but I can see my face. I can tell that I'm like, are you fucking seriously heckling me right now? You need to grab a still shot of that when it airs. I do. I mean, my manager was like, you know, she's like, don't don't talk too much about that online be a team player you know don't <laughs> don't make it seem like you didn't and i was like but i did have a great time yeah. i actually think that that makes it more fun and interesting and mm-hmm. like i overcame it and like comedy central that's how great of a job they do is that you can't tell when you're watching it at home that something like that happened and it, the the way it looked i mean the set this year i just was like blown away i oh, really cool. could not be more excited about it coming out and it was something that i worked for for a really long time i got rejected 8 years in a row Seriously? And didn't even know that I had been like submitted this year. Like I my my agents did it for me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know. Great surprise. And of course I wanted it, but I just wasn't paying attention and I was like, well, I guess that's not really in the cards for me. Yeah. And then it it happened. That's and awesome. it was like never give up. That's what I say, never give up. Yeah, yeah. And then when I did do it, I was ready and I could handle little moments like that and uh-huh. it came off flawless. I I mean, I'm I'm just so excited for it to be out there. That's great. Especially for my haters <laughs> <laughs> who think I'm not a real comedian. <laughs> haters going to hate because I have different opinions about Louis CK than you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's the kind of purity test I'm talking about. It's I'll like, well, I can you. feel that way and still have a comedy career. Isn't that he can still have one, too. Life's not fair. No. no. <laughs> and actually, I don't want to make it sound like I don't think he should have a career. I, I don't give a shit. I just pers- personally wouldn't really want to be around him. Mm-hmm. You fair know? enough. That's me. Yeah. And I'm allowed to feel that way. Absolutely. I still love comedy. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that works that way? Ditto. Yeah. Ditto. I have a question for you that has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about. Okay, and, great. And nobody probably cares about that, about what I'm about to ask you about, but me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do it. You are from uh, Richmond, Virginia area? Not mm-hmm. exactly Richmond, probably? Yeah, no, Richmond, uh, essentially. So. I, right outside Richmond and and spent a lot of, I went to school downtown Richmond and I'm, you know, so Richmond, I would say I'm from there, but I'm just right from the outside. Uh Six, seven years ago, I would not have made this connection, but I went to a NASCAR race like mm-hmm. five years ago and have become somewhat of a NASCAR fan. Yeah. There is a NASCAR track in Richmond. Um, the um, Southside Speedway? Whatever it's called. Well, there was, and it could be more than one, but there was, we could hear it from my house growing That's, up. Okay. The, on a certain night with, uh, like, if the weather was a certain way, you could hear it. It was pretty far from me, but you could hear it because that's how loud it was. Oh, they're crazy loud. Yeah. and um, There's no chance if you didn't get the NASCAR bug living down in no, that area? No, not really. No. Um, I would. We would watch big races on TV, and I don't think I've ever been to a, a race car event, but... I hadn't until, you know, like, what, five or six years ago, and it was so much fun. Yeah, They're no. so fast I, and so loud. Yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, I is. think I've seen, I must have been to a track at some point where I saw a car, you know, and it was just like, oh, it took my breath away how fast that was. Yeah. And, yeah. It's just a little, what, what was yeah. that? Oh, holy cow. Yeah. Okay, so then, uh, so that's that. And then I was, <laughs> I was looking into uh, the high school that you went to. Yeah. It's like crazy prestigious. It is. It wasn't when I went there. It wasn't? So, well, okay. So I went So to, what changed? Are you, I, are you being uh Well, I went when it was very young. You know, the school 
it was called the Governor's School for Government and International Studies when I went there. Now oh. it's called Maggie Walker Governor's School. Maggie L. Walker Governor's yeah, Maggie School L. Walker for Governor's Government School. International Studies. So it was and one of the first magnet schools like in Virginia. Okay. Um, the, those types of schools, this is the 90s, were new. And what they are, it's different from a charter school. High five, school. sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Magnet school, 90s. Yeah, magnet school of the 90s. It was like you really were a renegade, you know? You were doing something different. Mine was um, multicultural studies. Yeah. And I went to govern. I have no interest in government and international studies, but it was the only one, and I wanted to – I was really interested in going to a nerd school. So, um, And um, I was in the first full-size graduating class of that school. The first class was much smaller. They were sort of like a seed test. Okay. You know, they were they were like 50 kids and then in my class there was 100, I yeah. think around 100. Okay. And um and it was sort of a wild west. We were in this old decrepit building in downtown Richmond that was we shared with another type of school, like it was more like a vocational school where you get your GED. I, so there was a very different what? crowd of kids. Yeah. And Did you ride there the was bus together? some conflict. No, you had to you had to take a because we had different hours, so we were like on a slightly different schedule than them. Oh, so and they did the best to keep you separated. They did. I mean, we would we did sports together. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, there wasn't much. But then they moved to a, they renovated a school near there, and that was Maggie Walker, and it is now what it is. And it was a really great school. I felt like I got away from the cliques and the social hierarchies of a big county school, which is where I was at for my freshman year. Okay. And I transferred my sophomore year to governor school. And it was just like everyone was sort of equal there and everyone was a little nerdy. And I'm still friends with a lot of people I went to high school with. Nice. I spoke at the graduation I saw a that. while back, which was like a dream come true. Yeah. I and, read your speech that you have posted. Oh, I'm, I hate the speech. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, no, I don't hate it. I just like, you know, I just I'm so critical of anything I've done sure, sure. in the past. Yeah. Um, like, oh, you should have changed that. You should have done that. You know, Um but now the school is like one of the top 20 schools in the country. Yeah. You know, and I've like probably couldn't get in now as an adult, you know. I wrote down um, it's like 16 to 17% get accepted. Yeah, it's a tough school to get into now. And it was hard to get in back then, but you know, you also but it was just not as known. Okay. You know, it was new and and it was like you had to be someone who had a little bit of an adventurous spirit and you were kind of like a a bad news bear, you know, ragtag kind of kid who you know, not you were smart, but maybe you were just didn't really feel like you belonged where you were. Sure. And so you were looking for something new and and kind of exciting, and I loved it. I uh, I've said that the school, high school I went to, was a multicultural studies. That's only because it was in a neighborhood where white was the minority. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what else was You're it going to be? Studying another culture just by being around them. There, that is even, kind of how it works. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's 100% true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my school, the governor school was, um, even just our school, was more diverse than the school that I went to. I mean, it was like majority white, but there was way more of a, a spectrum of people at that school. Um, because I don't know, I think they, I don't know if they intentionally were like pushing for diversity or what, but we all came from different County. It was, it was multicultural in that way that everyone sort of, it was a magnet. It brought in people from all around. I don't, you don't have to talk about, you know, um, the speech itself. No, you clearly don't want to, Uh, but I want to ask Mm -hmm. Who was the one that asked you to do it? How did they present so that to you? It was funny. I got 
I was like gone. It was after I did Nikki and Sarah. I was going to so say, where were you in your career success, exactly? A little bit of success, you know. The MTV um, show you had. Yeah, I had, you know, I had my own show and, and you know, was, that was a very big moment and a lot of people from hometown were very excited about it. And, of um And I, I was traveling a lot, like around the Christmas after that, you know, it was just gone from New York. And, um... I came back and I had this huge stack of mail. There was just so much junk mail and just so much crap. Sure. And um, went through it, you know, eventually. And I mean, it, it probably sat there for a couple months. And I opened this letter because I would get letters from the governor's school, like asking for alumni donations. I was say, for money, probably. Yeah. yeah. And I got this letter and I opened it and I was like, wait, what is this? It's, it's like directly to me. It's like, dear Sarah, you know, we would cordially like to invite yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Here. And yeah. I was like, what? And it was students had written it. Okay. It was like president class of, you know, whatever year it was. And I was like, are you serious? And I was like, is it too late? I definitely want to do this. And it was so wonderful. The kids didn't even seem to really care. You know, they were into it, but they were, it was their day. They're not thinking about me. Sure. You know, they liked the speech. There was laughter and stuff, you know, but afterwards nobody was like running. The parents, though. The teachers and the parents were just mobbing me. Like, that was the best graduation speech I've ever heard. I think maybe because they're used to boring. Of course. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and I brought flavor to it and uh-huh. funny. And, like, they just, you know, they loved it. Yeah. And it was, um, I got a lot of, like, really positive feedback. And my dad was there. And it was, and my sister. It was fun. Very cool. How big was the graduating class that you had to sit through a ceremony? It wasn't like a 600 or something. No, it was Small. around between 150, 200. Oh, nice. And like they did like, I mean, these kids are like crazy genius. Like they did a musical performance that was like better. I was like this. And it was one of those like um, Mumford and Sons type songs, you know, where they had like drum. I mean, like they sounded fucking good. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like, you know, it was... It was great. I love that. They were very sweet. I love that. Did you um Let's talk super briefly. I yeah. because uh uh you had a job on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire writing, I did. correct? Yeah, I wrote questions. And it was such a crazy, weird, odd job. But it was my first write T V writing job. Okay. People think I wrote for Fallon. A lot of times I'll get that introduced. She wrote for Jimmy Fallon. I actually did not write for that show. I was I ran all the digital stuff. Mm-hmm. I it was like called Head Blogger, um, and from there I got. I really wanted to be a TV writer, and I just could see the writing on the wall. It wasn't going to happen at Fallon. They just saw me in that role. I was very good at that. You get that happens in every job. You get stuck in the job you're in, and you kind of have to jump to another sure. ship to mm-hmm. like move up. Yeah. So I did, and. Um, I was like, who wants to be a millionaire? Like, that's, I want to write for comedy. You know, my agent was like, this is actually a really good job. A lot of comedy writers have come through this, you know, job and like, it's get you in the writer's guild. And, you know, and so I applied and my packet was good. And you had to write like 20 questions or something. And I worked really hard on it. And um, I had some advice from friends who had written for the show before. Like, they helped me a little. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but they were, they were very encouraged. They were like, you're already, like, you know, I had a couple hints on, like, how to do it. And once I got it, I, I just was like, oh, this is easy. And, of course, then I start, and it, it was became very challenging because you had to write a quota, like, 12 questions a day. Okay. Which doesn't sound like a lot. 
until you're doing it every day, oh, and can you can't that. ask a question that's already been asked. I was just going to ask you. And the database just gonna ask you that. was like a hundred thousand questions. No joke. Because the show, by the time I was on it, with Meredith Vieira was the host. It was daytime. It had been on the air for like ten years. Yeah. So there was just an enormous amount of questions in this database. So you had to search the database with keywords to make sure your question had not ever yeah. been put in there. Wow. You had to. One of the hardest parts I found was um, knowing how hard a question was. Because when you know the answer, it's hard to determine how difficult it is. Yeah. So I relied on other people that were more experienced to help me with that. But the other challenge was that even the easy questions, or I mean, even the hard questions, couldn't be so hard. The way they described it was... It's still it's a play along show, so the reason why people want to watch it is because they feel like they could win. From home. and so yeah, the frame maybe the the fact is very hard. Like a million dollar question is extremely difficult to get right, but but the frame of reference has to be one that we all get. So for instance, they had me. They for some reason they were like, well, "You're good at art questions. We need more art questions. Ask more art questions." Okay. So they were like, so I started writing. They're like, "Well." So this question is just like no one knows that painting or artist. So they and so they were like they basically there's only 10 paintings that everyone knows. It's true. Think about it. There's Mona Lisa, the Scream, a couple, you know, Monet's like I mean there's really only a small amount of painting. The, the old couple with the pitchfork. Yeah, that that everyone knows. American Gothic. So but yeah, American Gothic, you know. So you have to write new questions about those paintings. Well, good luck, because yeah. all of them have been asked. Right, right. So, you know, there that was uh, it was really challenging, you know. And I had, like, little tricks. I had, like, um, sources that I would go to that, you know, and I wouldn't let the other... The writers were very protective yeah. of their sources because, you know, the it, because once you asked the question, no one else could ask it. So especially, you were allowed to put in some topical questions if they were something that was really big. So, like, a question about um, Beyonce... Um, like a huge moment, you know, lemonade or uh, the homecoming, you know, like what festival that would be. I mean, this is way after my time, but that would be a question that you could put in as topical. What festival did Beyonce headline? Sure. You know, and the answer would be Coachella. You know, those type of topical questions would were allowed when you knew the story was big enough, you could put it in. But if you got there 20 minutes late, you know, the other writers had already put it in, you For know, the topical one. Yeah. yeah. So like people would race, Jeez. you know, and it'd be like, and you'd be all like, God damn it, David, you know, like, because you had to get your quota every day. And it was like, and sometimes I would wait till, cause I couldn't think of anything. I'd, it would be 4.30 PM and I would be like, I've only written two questions. Wow. You know? Um, cause they were, they would warn me. They were like the first week you're going to be flying and you'll be done every day. You'll be so, it'll be so easy. And then you're going to hit a wall and you're going to realize you don't know where to get these questions. You don't know how to come up with them. So I had methods. I had websites. I, I had like little fun fact website fact of the day. And you could never rely on, cause they had a whole research team that would fact check your questions. Figured, cause yeah. there's money on the line. They yeah. have to be provable. Yeah. The show has been sued. There's an amazing documentary. Yes. Have you seen it? No, but I know about it. The, about the, the guy. The couple that cheated? No, I, I don't even know what that is. I should watch that. Oh. There's a guy. It's The guy is crazy, and the documentary ends up becoming about how weird he is. Oh, no, no, no. In the very this. early Regis days, when the show first premiered, he got to the very end, and he lost, and he didn't get the million. And he sued the show because the way they asked it was like, what is the highest city in the world? 
and there's different ways to interpret that. Oh. And he was like, you didn't, the four choices did not, you know, he could, he basically, I don't think he won, a, he ended up winning a million dollars, but I know, no one said this to re- directly, but when you asked a question, you had to say, of the following, which is oh, that the makes sense. biggest, you know, mall. Yeah. Like, you had to put that wording in so that they could not legally sue you. We're like, well, technically there's a mall in, you know. Yeah. So you can't say, what is the tallest mountain? You know, say, of the following mountains, which is the tallest? That makes you sense. Know? That makes so sense. There's little tricks like that that yeah. I learned. And, like, we never got to see production. We never got to go to a taping. No, okay. One time I was allowed, to, we toured the set because we had to be, um, like, there had to be a wall between us and production. I never met any. I met Meredith once at the very end. Because it was money on the line. You couldn't, anyone who knew the questions could not be in contact with the, you know. And we weren't allowed to work at home because you had to be in the office, logged into the database. Oh, so it was very secure. Yeah, it was like a real big deal. Like it was cool. And, um, but yeah, I was super into it. And, but I did one season and then I got my pilot for MTV. So I got out of there. Oh, look at that. I would have done it for many years. Would have been great. Did uh, any of your questions end up like on a home version or a app? Maybe. I never, you know, there was a few times where I went back and like watched and was like, I wrote that question. Um, But a lot of times I wouldn't know which questions because they were called like stacks or something. They were like the, the, the stack for each show, the stack of questions. And I was not responsible for making the stack like the head writer was. So he would, and they, the rules were much, they changed them all the time. But like the rules at the time were different where you didn't move up the scale, like from zero, you know, $100 to a million. Oh yeah, yeah. They were mixed up and like there's different ways. And they've made it harder, I think, to win a million dollars essentially. I think so. Um, It's done now. But it's easier, it's it's easier to, I know, it's easier to win. It was easier to win like 20,000. In the new way, but harder to win a million. I see. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a chance of walking away with more money in the beginning and not just being like, oh, I accidentally got the $500 question wrong and yeah. now I'm out. You know, yeah. it, it made it easier to win a little bit more money. But, um, but yeah, it was really fun and there was a lot of questions. I was really, I had one, is the show off for sure? I, that's what I just okay, read. Okay, so I'm yesterday. not breaking any laws by saying this. <laughs> I just read I it. I can't yesterday. remember. Yeah, it I went, think it's, it it's of, gone. Yeah, yeah uh, production ended this spring. Chris Harrison is the last. Yes, host. Chris Harrison is the last host, and it's done. Yes, yeah. So um, I wrote one one million dollar question, and I guess I can say it now. I'm very proud of it. I don't know if it ever got asked because the million ones would rarely come into play. True. Um, but it's actually only I think, six have ever been written, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, the many have been written, but not used. Yeah. Um, I don't know how hard it is, but they cla- they were like, "Yeah, this is pretty hard." So one of their favorite types of questions were questions that required you to know multiple facts, right, to get to the answer, right. So like that's what made a million dollar question so hard. You had to know like, okay, first you have to know this, then this, then this. So it was like in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What painting does Cameron like? There's that famous scene where they go to the museum, and he gets like a moment where he's staring. Um, like it's so they're in the metro, like the Chicago Museum, yeah. And it's this really funny scene where they're, you know, it's sort of like a montage and it's set to music, and Cameron is just staring at this painting, and it's like back and forth, closer and closer to his eyes to the painting. And the painting is the the Le Grand Jet or whatever that pixelated painting is of okay. uh, the park. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, 
And uh, it was a hard question. Like you had to know the movie, you had to know the museum, and you had to know what painting, and you had to know that. So you had, even if you knew the scene, you also had to know the painting. So I was like, that's yeah. my favorite question. Yeah, I art wrote. mixed like uh, high society art mixed with complete pop culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so um, it was a fun time. I really enjoyed it. Very cool. I <laughs> I wrote. I mainly wrote the the easy questions like like level one to five i don't know what the money breakdown was i can't remember they were they were the hardest to me to write because easy is very hard to figure out how easy a question is yeah and and there's there's the dumb ones so it's like how do i come up with a new way to you know (laughs) um but yeah that was what it was explained to me when i started was like an ideal question is what two colors would you have to mix together to get the color of Barney. Oh. Yeah. The character Barney. Mm-hmm. So you have to know that Barney is purple, purple and you have to know that red and blue make yeah. purple. Yeah. So that's an e- that's a little bit easier than the, the but that's an easy question. Mm-hmm. So you just have to know those two things. So they were more interesting than just No, for sure. What two colors make purple? Yeah. You well, know. Two-parter. Yeah. I uh so the the quick version of the thing that I read about was the I think this was like the British ver- version of the show before it ever came mm-hmm. to America. I, yeah. I might have that wrong. Point is, there was a, a guy who won a whole bunch of money, and they finally figured out that there was someone in the audience coughing. Oh, yes. I have seen that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like, and they, they were like back, and like it went to court, and they were like, yeah. no, we... And the guy was yeah. like, no, I just had a, like, you know, I had a cold or yeah. whatever. Or it was sinuses. really... And they're like, no, no, no. We, follow, we, we have cameras that followed you from your seat after when the show wasn't yeah. filming and you didn't cough at all then this is bullshit yeah. yeah wild and also weird that like why not just have that person play if they know all the answers <laughs> yeah right i know you know you're the smart one you should really be yeah. doing this instead yeah. of me yeah like at least somebody did have knowledge <laughs> right you know like someone who was smart enough kind of one yeah we got a smart person in there <laughs> yeah um We've been doing this for uh, almost an hour yeah. here, so we should yeah. let. Uh, 